Welcome to Insights, the podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you feeling? I am fantastic, Matt. I was finally able to get a haircut. Super excited about it. If you are a friend of the show, you know I go like every other week. It's my thing. My hairstylist just left town. She was in Texas for like a month. So I was I was disheveled. I've been wearing so many hats on Zoom calls. It's, it's outrageous. But I'm cleaned up. I feel good. How are you? you? I'm good too. I got a haircut too. I haven't gone back. You were going to say you look good. You do look good, first of all. I appreciate that. Second of I all. I appreciate that. I haven't gone back to get a haircut since COVID. My wife has trimmed, used the clippers since March 2020. Fun fact. Think about the financial savings in that one decision, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not as much as a haircut usually costs. I guess for women, they cost a lot of money. I don't sure. know why, whatever. But yeah, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Go straight to the sports gambling fund. <laughs> of course, go straight to the DraftKings account from one pocket to the other. We're also joined on this episode by Aaron Helms, Haley Marketing's PPC extraordinaire. Aaron, why don't you tell us what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis here to help our team and to help our clients at Haley Marketing? Thanks, Brad. Uh, here at Haley Marketing, I build out strategies for our clients to attract new candidates, new clients, remarket their message to existing clients and candidates, and just uh, bring them great exposure on the internet. So anything PPC focused. So you're a part of the the creepy ads that follow you around the internet then? Yes, I am definitely responsible for those creepy ads. We're going to be talking quite a bit about remarketing. If you're a friend of the show, you've heard us talk about remarketing in the past couple episodes. I just can't get enough of it. I think it is absolutely critical for staffing and recruiting firms in 2022. I'm excited for Erin to join the show today so she can validate my takes here, but also tell us everything that we need to know about PPC. So Erin, welcome to Insights. Super excited to have you here to join us today. What do you two say? Let's get to the show, huh? Let's go. We've talked about PPC before. We've talked about job advertising before. On today's Insights, we're here to talk about, is it PPC, pay-per-click advertising, versus job advertising, or is it PPC and job advertising? Aaron, ladies first, tell us, is it an or, a verse, or an and comment? It's definitely an and comment because they complement each other. Matt, do you agree? Absolutely. I think it's funny that we're recording this and there's three people on the screen and Brad's in the middle. So it's like a it's like a heavyweight fight here between the two of us. But yes, just trying to just trying to make sure I keep everything aligned here, make sure no one slugs anybody. <laughs> it's definitely not a versus. Um, it could be an or depending on your goals. The best is probably an and. Mm-hmm. But that's where I would answer your question, Brad. I think it's an and comment too. And I think what we're seeing more and more with clients that we're working with is the realization that there's a marketing budget, a recruitment marketing budget, and PPC in recruitment marketing or PPC in job advertising both have a need. Matt, 
Break us down into what job advertising is real quickly, in case there's somebody listening who might not know exactly what I mean when I say job advertising. Sure, Brad. With with job advertising, it's literally purchasing clicks. You know, we're talking about the digital space, purchasing clicks from job boards. Indeed, ZipRecruiter are the most common. CareerBuilder and Monster were the two probably older school job boards. And, you know, there's other ones that are starting to try to enter the market. Telru, Talent.com, Upward Job Case, et cetera. But with job advertising, that's what we're talking about in terms of of the advertising component here. And there's there's probably two ways it could get into if, you know, I don't want to dig into too deep of it here, but you could pay by click. So if we're trying to look for a job at Brad's staffing agency, he pays 25 cents every time I click on the job. Or you could do a duration post to where Brad's company pays $250 for a job they post for X amount of days. And Aaron, you, you started to allude to this when you talked about what it is that you do at Haley, but walk us through what pay-per-click advertising is. Give us the 101 on PPC. Sure thing. So there's two ways you can go about PPC advertising. Obviously, we've got Facebook. I'm going to talk about Google. So in Google, you can do one of two things. You can do search. You go to google.com, search for a job, sneakers, whatever. Or you can do display advertising. This is a little digital billboards, kind of like driving down the highway. You know, you see a little image, same concept. Yeah, and, and why I think this is an and comment, PPC and job advertising, is when you're advertising through PPC, advertising through Google Search Console, or I'm sorry, Google Search Network, rather, when you're advertising there, individuals might not have the direct intent to apply to a job right then and there. It's branding, it's getting in front of people, it's remarketing, it's making sure that Brad's staffing firm stays in front of candidates or prospects. When you're doing job advertising, those people have the intent of, I'm here to apply, and we need to make sure your job is front and center when they're going to apply. Matt, thinking through job advertising, what do we need to know for 2022? Jeez, Brad, that's talk about yeah, the let me throw that question one at you. Of, of all. Jeez, holy cow. He told me this was a 25-minute podcast. <laughs> too. Um, what do we need to know about job advertising in 2022? The... We need to make sure our budget is correct. We need to make sure we're sponsoring the right amount of jobs. We need to make sure our application is correct, the right job titles, et cetera. So let me walk through it real quick. I think your job titles need to be correct. Your job titles need to be what people are searching for. This is very similar to what Aaron does in Google search, Bing search. When someone goes to Google and types in restaurants in Buffalo, New York, results are coming back to answer that question, basically, or the query. On Google, when someone types in warehouse jobs, Buffalo, New York, it's the same principle. We need our job title to be very similar to what someone is searching. So so we shouldn't have something like marketing wizard as a job title. We shouldn't. You know, I've said before that should go on the business card, not sure. on your job post. It's it needs to be a title someone is searching for. And even you'll see now hiring, hiring immediately. That's literally what people go to indeed and search. They don't even type right. in a job. They're typing in now hiring. So it's important to know. And then you need to be on the right job boards, indeed and ZipRecruiter. Nothing really new there. You know, other ones as well. But then also, I think the the biggest part is this jobs to budget ratio that Bradley Reed and I have been working on here at Haley Marketing. It's a lot of times job boards are telling people to increase their budgets with the same amount of jobs or keep their budget the same with fewer job sponsored. We're saying the opposite. Keep your jobs, excuse me, keep your budget the same amount, but sponsor more jobs. And Bradley actually had a really good analogy the other day. I'm going to start stealing. I'll credit him every once in a while. But it's 
you want to have more jobs because you need more you need more fishing poles in the in the lake Ooh. to catch the fish. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. He's been listening to our CEO David Cerns, I think, and his analogies. Shout out Bradley Reed from Team Haley. That's a good one. <laughs> but if you have more more you know more rods in the lake, you'll be able to catch more fish. And if there's especially when there's fewer fish in that lake, you need all the opportunity you can. So I think that jobs to budget ratio is really important to where don't think about sponsoring fewer jobs or just increasing your budget. Sponsor more jobs and see what happens. Aaron, we gave Matt the floor to walk us through sort of the the overview of job advertising. I want to give you the opportunity to do the same with PPC. When we think about 2022, what do we need to know? Where do I start? <laughs> oh, branding's important. Um, you know, clients ask me, well, how much should I be spending? And I say, there's almost no ceiling, mm-hmm. but... Depending on what kind of budget you have, we could still give you great exposure for what you can afford. And I think that's why PPC search or display is a little bit different, right? So we're not putting the job title in our ad, right? We're going to put a value proposition in the ad. So users that are on Google search or display, they're interested in a job. So they're not going directly to Indeed to apply, but we still need to influence them and put your message front and center at the right time so that you're top of mind, like we say all the time, right? And, and it's, it's, it's just a different way of, of attacking that audience. I love that. And, and I'm sitting here continuing to think that it's, it's PPC and job advertising. You know, everything we're doing as an industry to get candidates to apply on a site like Indeed, right? Or let's say we're driving all that traffic from Indeed over to our job board, our career portal on our website that we own, our domain. We're funneling all that traffic through job advertising. Now they're leaving and we're deploying remarketing. So now they're going out into Google's advertising network or they're going out to Facebook. We're getting them on the way out the door so we can bring them right on back. And it it just is that cycle of making sure that candidates stay in your ecosystem. We need to make sure that we're doing both. And and I know that that might sound like a lot. So Matt, Aaron, I'm going to ask one of you and and feel free to jump in whoever. It is a lot. You know, I'm, I, I can hear somebody listening to this podcast saying, now I need to do job advertising. I need to be doing remarketing. I need to be doing display ads. I need to be doing this. this. I don't have time. I can't do all of this. What would you say to that individual? I'll start with job advertising and I'm going to pivot over to Aaron because it goes back to Brad's real question of and or versus. In job advertising, it's quite simple. We want applications for our jobs and you can get more in depth, right? You want to have the right budget on the right jobs, if you have higher priority jobs, lower priority jobs, etc. But at the end of the day, if you're spending $2,000 a month on your job boards, you're getting applications back. And the challenge we've seen with companies in the industry with pay-per-click advertising, you know, if it's display, search, Facebook, Google, Bing, whatever, they give Aaron a budget, our PPC team a budget, not all the time they fully understand what's going to come back at the end of the month. Are they going to be able to drive impressions or or clicks or applications or leads if you're on the business side, ebook downloads, whatever the the result is? I think that's the biggest thing as someone who was a little bit more in pay-per-click a couple of years ago now is taking a step back but knows enough to be dangerous is it's really important, and this is where I think Aaron can help us here, is when someone is looking at pay-per-click advertising, how can they make sure they're getting in with the right mindset from a leadership standpoint, right? If the marketing person's investing in this and has to go to the CEO in six months and says, hey, I gave you $1,000 a month to invest on Google or Facebook, what do you have for me? So how do you help companies answer and understand the right, the right takeaways or the right 
you know, benefits of pay-per-click advertising when they can compare it to a job advertising budget as a very black and white result at the end of the day. If a client comes to me and, you know, they don't have $3,000 to go into Indeed, they're on a tight budget, but they do have $500 to spend. Okay, so we can take that $500. Uh, we have that conversation. Maybe we do display. Maybe we do search. But what our goal is, is to attract those audience members who don't know that they're there, right? So we can look and see that we have 500, 800 new users who've never been to the site before by looking in Google Analytics. They didn't come to your website any other way. They saw your ad. They saw it in the display network. They saw it on the search network. They came to your site. They went to multiple pages. They learned about you. They viewed your jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's that relationship building process because like I tell everybody at the end of the day, we're not selling sneakers, right? They're not going to whether it's a client, request your services on the first touch. If it's a candidate, maybe they fill out an application right away. But ultimately, it does take multiple touch points, and PPC advertising in Google, Bing, or Facebook helps promote that. Let's get us to the, the next segment here. So it's a show on PPC. You're learning about pay-per-click advertising here on this episode of Insights. Again, we have Aaron Helms, one of our paid media specialist here at Haley Marketing on today's show. If you have any questions for her following this episode of Insights, I would encourage you to please connect with her on LinkedIn, reach out one-to-one. -one. I'm not going to speak for her, but I know she's happy to answer any questions that you might have just because we've had the opportunity to know Aaron for quite some time now. And I know she's always down, always available to talk about PPC. I want to talk about display advertising. And Aaron, this is really your specialty area. First off, before we even get into the follow-up question here, what the heck is display advertising? It's a very good question. I like to call this, why is Google so creepy? <laughs> so like I mentioned earlier, display advertising, as opposed to being a text ad that you see when you go to google.com, you could be on the internet, maybe you're on the Buffalo News site, maybe you're going to your favorite sports site, recipe site, and you see those graphic display ads you know, along the side, maybe across the top. Those are image ads. They're display ads. So how does Google know what to show you, right? You, 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 I was thinking about buying a toaster, and all of a sudden here's an ad about a toaster, right? Google can get creepy. So Google ads are great because... They build awareness, we can influence consideration, and ultimately we can drive that action back to your website. So how do we do that? How does Google know? We have a lot of different targeting methods in the Google Display Network. One thing I did want to mention is that Google can tell when a candidate is searching for a clerical job or an industrial job or if they're just interested in career services. There's just user intent signals that Google has based on what you're searching for, what you're doing on your mobile device, your desktop computer. And that's just how Google knows what to show you at the end of the day. So Google's tracking pretty much everything we're doing across the internet to show us, I, I know that sounds creepy, but stick with me, to show us a better experience, really. Pretty much. Google knows that you're interested in sports cards. So you might see more ads tailored to sports, sports betting, that kind of thing. I see way too many ads for sports cards and sports betting right now. And I can assure you, I, I wish Google would serve me less ads because the more I see, the more I buy. And that is becoming quite the problem, but it's also working. And to Aaron's point, we can do that in staffing and recruiting. So if your candidates have the intent of looking for a job, searching for a job, they're looking for things on Google, 
Maybe they're looking at your website, then going out to Google's ad network, whatever they might be doing, we can get in front of them and we can attract them just like those consumer goods, just like a pair of sneakers or just like a pair of headphones. As as this is starting to evolve and Aaron talks about how Google and Facebook, they know a lot, but it's going to change a little bit with how third-party tracking and cookies or whatnot, you know, they know that Brad likes sports cars or I like sports or Aaron, you know, horses or dogs, whatever your interests are. But how will the first party data really come into play here as we're moving forward with, you know, specifically thinking about the ATS, how real, how vitally important, you know, we've talked about returning website visitors convert twice as much often as new ones, but as the third party tracking is slowly going to start going away, how important is it going to be to leverage the database? Very important, Matt, and I'm glad you brought that up. So you mentioned ATS lists, and many people are familiar with the ability to upload that list into Facebook. So we can match the users that you have and lookalikes. One thing you probably don't know is that Google also has a customer match audience. So it's not just Facebook. We can also reach those users on Google using your list. Can we target phone numbers? So I know things like Sense, Hearfish, text automation is the absolute buzzword of the quarter. Can we target phone numbers on sites like Google and Bing as well, Aaron? I believe so. Uh, Google needs an email address, a phone number, and just like when you register your device, your laptop, computer, somehow Google, like Google always knows, right? So they have a way. I mentioned Bing, and I didn't mean to softball this one the way I'm about to, Aaron, but I know. You are our resident Bing. I don't even want to say expert. I think it's like it's it's more than that. It's like an enthusiast slash you just love Bing. It's a passion. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You you are a a Bing aficionado, if that's the right word for the for the the time being. Walk us through why staffing and recruiting firms should not ignore a site like Bing. Because most people don't even consider Bing. And uh for one, if if you're not there, your competitor is there. I mean, why limit yourself to Google? You need to be in multiple networks in multiple places. Uh, for another thing, the CPCs in Bing are so much lower than Google because there's not as much competition. So you may have a CPC for, let's say, executive search in Google could be seven, eight dollars, which is actually not bad. In Bing, it could be three, three fifty maybe even $4. I mean, in most cases, the CPCs could be half. Your click-through rate, your engagement rate with your ad is better. It's higher than Google. So you're essentially buying, you know, traffic that's just as good as Google at a more cost-effective rate. So if you're going to buy, I tell people, if you're going to buy a coach handbag for your girlfriend, I don't know what coach handbags go for, but if you can buy a coach handbag for $1,000, but maybe you can get two coach handbags for $1,000 and they're not knockoffs. What do you want? I'm getting two and Rachel's getting one for Christmas and she's getting one for her birthday. (laughs) Then you need to advertise in Bing. (laughs) Yeah, I like that a lot. And that is another great analogy. Insights. Yes, we're here to talk about marketing. We're here to talk about recruitment marketing. We're also to give you just a taste of the, some of the best analogies that a marketing team has to offer. Two great analogies so far on today's show. Aaron, I want to talk about display advertising a little bit more. I've been super, super passionate on this show about remarketing. We've talked about why staffing and recruiting firms should lean into remarketing. We've talked about really what it is. And and just briefly, Aaron, I, I want to get your take in case we have new listeners who aren't familiar with remarketing. 
break it down to us in terms of, you know, consumer goods. What is remarketing from, you know, a, a pair of Nike shoes, for example? Sure thing, Brad. So I shop on Chewy for my pet supplies. Uh, I'm an existing customer. Sometimes I look at new products and I don't always buy them. So what does Chewy do? They show me ads on Facebook, the Buffalo News site for this puzzle toy that I haven't bought yet for my dog. And while I'm still interested in it, I just haven't bought it. So they will keep showing it to me to remind me that, hey, you looked at this item. Are you sure you don't want to buy it? <laughs> Same thing for staffing. We absolutely should always be doing remarketing for staffing sites because you're going to have those tire kickers, those people who aren't sure, uh, the, the, the process and the touch points required to, to get that candidate, get that new client. You need to keep your message in front of them and keep reminding them that you're there. So they don't need to necessarily be searching for you in Google. We're just going to put that message in front of them and they're going to see it when they're going about their daily business. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, when, when individuals are searching for jobs on a site like Indeed, they have the intent of, I have 25 minutes between, heck, maybe it's between my first meeting and my second meeting of the day. I'm not in a good mental space for this job right now, so I have 25 minutes to kill and I'm going to look for a job. They have the intent while they're there to search for a job. To Aaron's point, as you start to remarket to individuals around the internet, they don't have that same intent. Maybe they're looking at Facebook. They're on Facebook. They're scrolling mindlessly. They're looking at pictures of whatever. Maybe they're talking to their friends about their, their great new Wordle scores. I'm all in on Wordle, by the way. They're talking about that. From there, they see an ad. It catches their eye. They're drawn back to your website. Now we have them in your ecosystem. Remarketing is a great way to bring people back who might not have the direct intent of applying, but we're getting them back to your site. And I think I've said it on insights before. I'm going to say it again. I think it's critical for every single staffing and recruiting website. And if you're sitting here listening to this episode and you haven't at least thought about putting remarketing code on your website, I would encourage you to at least install the code today. And, and Aaron, please correct me if I'm wrong. Remarketing isn't retroactive. We can't go back and say, oh, Aaron looked at our site six months ago if we don't have that code installed. That's right. I mean, you need to install it or at least turn it on in analytics to begin collecting that audience pool. Uh, that's something you can do in Google Analytics. It's something I do for all of my clients. I flip the switch. If we decide to do remarketing later, we have that 30, 60, 90 plus days worth of users in that bucket that we can then remarket to should we choose to. So even if you don't want to put the, the ad dollars behind it today, but you want to see what sort of audience you can build, you have to get that code installed. So I would encourage you to make that a priority for January. Get that remarketing code installed so that you at least have the opportunity you're ahead of the competition. You're ahead of the curve. When other people are saying, you know what? I do want to start remarketing in March or April. You're way ahead of that. You already have your list. Now you just have to turn it on. You just have to take it to that next level. Aaron, anything else when we think about display advertising that you think our listeners need to hear when they start thinking about their marketing budgets for 2022? Yeah. One last thought is it's super affordable. Um, I don't like using the words cheap or affordable, but if you look at display CPCs, I mean, they can range from 50 cents to maybe $2, depending on the targeting method. But then if you compare it to a Google search CPC, you know, it could be half. So you're still getting really great exposure and marketing at a fraction of the cost per click. And, and I think that's, that's super, super critical to know is you don't need to be spending millions of dollars on PPC. You can have a very effective PPC strategy, just understanding what it is that you're trying to do 
with a very limited budget. One more thing I wanted to add, Brad, is even if they don't click on your ad, they're still seeing it, right? We're still getting the message in front of them. So there's no such thing as a wasted impression. In, in Not to get long-winded here on the topic, but that's what we're here for, right? If you think about PPC, again, individuals that are around the internet might not have the intent to apply right now. But we're in a labor market where it's incredibly difficult to find talent, where it's incredibly difficult to find candidates. So if we can have what I've been considering billboard ads, so that as individuals are driving down the internet highway at 75 miles an hour, they see Aaron's staffing firm, and maybe they don't even click the button then. But they go back to another site, they click over to Facebook, they go back to another site, oh, there's Aaron's staffing firm again. That repetition gets individuals to finally come back and say, you know what, let's see what they have to offer. Let's see what they can do for me, Brad Biley, the candidate. And it's that repetition. We've said at Haley Marketing, it takes what, seven or eight times when you say something for someone to actually catch on and hear what you're saying. I don't even, I, I don't, do we know the number? How many times does someone have to see an ad for them to take action? Do we know that number? Is there a benchmark on that? I don't know the number. It's gotta be a lot. Yes, it's a lot. That was gonna be my answer, Brad, is a lot. I don't know. Matt, I was trying to softball you on there, bud. And and it, it I don't think so either, you know, but, but there's variables there too, right? Do you have great ad copy? Do you have great ad imagery? Do you have a really well-executed list that you're targeting? There's a lot that goes into it, certainly. It used to be 7, 12, 13. I'm sure in the digital age, it's way higher just because it's easier and to get in front of people. But, um, you know, I guess 15, 20, who knows? It's it's a lot. And as Aaron said, that's so cost-effective. If it's remarketing, display, to keep pounding away at people and showing them the ads, like Aaron talked about the 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 purchase she hasn't made on Chewy.com yet. And I'm going to guess if she's logged in, when she checks the page or goes to Facebook, she's getting emails about it too to, to complete the whole loop. Say, oh, you left this in your cart. Oh, we saw, you know, oh, you forgot to purchase this today. Or, hey, hey, here, pal, here's 5% off because you're such a great customer. It's, it's, it's e-commerce, but how can we bring that to the staffing industry to where if you're still looking at it, you know, we're not going to get into that today. That's a different segment for a different show, but you can get into all looping it all together. The the spider web of messaging, as Brad Biley told me this week, and can really make it everything work together to get to that common goal you're looking for. If it's, you know, candidate applications is probably what we're talking about here. That's going to be a segment for the next episode of Insights. Matt and I had a great conversation about making sure your whole marketing mix is talking to itself, talking to other arms of the marketing mix. We were going to talk about it on this episode of Insights. And then Aaron said, you know what, guys, I'd love to come on and talk PPC. So we called an audible. We said, absolutely come on the show. Aaron, you're welcome back anytime you want to talk about pay-per-click advertising. We can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your insights with all of us. Thank you, Brad. I can talk all day about PPC. I know. And I'm sorry that I had to keep it to about 25 minutes, but as I said, you're welcome back anytime. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a specific PPC question, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to Erin Helms on LinkedIn We'll put her link in the show notes so that you have easy access to that. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar. For our guest this week, Aaron Helms, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.